What's up? I'm B, and whether you're watching this on YouTube or you are listening to the podcast, I hope you are having an amazing day. I am really, really excited to do this reaction because we're reacting to a Paul and Morgan video, and they recently posted a video titled When to Leave My Charismatic Church. And as soon as I saw that, I got really excited. It brought me back to when uh, they had spoken about leaving their charismatic church and how their views had changed over time. And I thought that that was a really positive step forward for Paul and Morgan. And, um, you know, while I fully believe and acknowledge that, in my opinion, they have a lot more work to do to kind of break away from some potentially toxic or harmful beliefs, I do want to celebrate positive steps forward. And so like I said, seeing them leave their charismatic church and then now posting this video just talking about things to look for because in the description box it says, today we're diving into when we feel you should consider leaving your charismatic church by identifying five things to watch out for. Hope this is helpful. And then this next sentence, I think maybe they went back and added later. I'm not quite sure, but there's an asterisk right before it. It says, also wanted to say we're not suggesting every one of these flags were demonstrated by a charismatic church slash churches we've attended in the past. So that's what's in the description box. I saw the title, I see the description, and I'm like, perfect. Let's go. Let's do this. So I don't really have much to lead up into uh, the reaction part. I don't really have any updates or things to discuss, but we will do win for the week before we get started. If you are newer to my channel and you're not quite sure what the win for the week is, it is just me asking you to share something positive that happened to you within the past week, something that you would consider a win. It doesn't have to be anything huge or monumental. It can just be something small that made you grateful, brought you joy, made you happy, whatever it may be, something that you would consider a win. Leave it in the comment section down below if you are watching on YouTube. And if you are listening to the podcast on Spotify, you can leave your win for the week in the Q&A section for this specific episode. As far as my win for the week, it would have to be that more dairy-free alternatives are becoming a lot more easily available because of my endometriosis. It's just better for my body overall to not consume dairy. And while it's not super difficult anymore, something I miss so much is ravioli. And for a long time, um, you know, they came out with alternatives for different things for like shredded cheese or for milk, you know, dairy-free butter. All these substitutes have come out and they've been great and I'm excited for them. But man, just like I have missed cheese ravioli so much. And now I feel like there are more and more vegan substitutes coming out. And it just makes me so excited. I got some at Trader Joe's on Friday and I ate it uh, yesterday. <laughs> it was just great. So that was my win for the week. It made me happy and I cannot wait to hear what your wins are. Now, without any further ado, let's get into Paul and Morgan's video. What is up, you guys? How you doing? I'm Paul. I'm Morgan. Mm. And if Hello. you're new here, make sure you subscribe. We risk giving TMI. To help you navigate DMI, dating, marriage, and intimacy, and obviously life. church. <laughs> church as well. Um, it's to help you navigate life, you know? Yeah, life. It's all, it's all connected. We're all connected. Um, but seriously, this video um, is something that is close to our hearts close to home and we hope that we can share some insight with you guys that will be helpful on your journey yes so let's 
do it. Yeah, I'm like, are we supposed to say something? <laughs> supposed to say something else? No. Um, I wanted to say real quick, shout out to Remnant Radio. I actually saw that they were making a video on the same topic. It comes out in a few days. And I was like, that, that, that would be a good one. I would enjoy making that video. And like I said, sharing our experience. Also, uh, we have a patron Zoom call tomorrow. We will post on Patreon the time. It'll be tomorrow late afternoon. Looking forward to seeing you guys and just rubbing shoulders with you, you know? rubbing shoulders if you guys went in on that patreon.com slash paul and morgan show the link is below all right morgan i was looking at the pre-live chat i've never heard of remnant radio so i decided to look them up after paul just mentioned them and um they do have a youtube channel it looks like in the banner for their channel there's four guys so i'm assuming those are the four hosts or maybe the four people who make content for this channel and right now the channel has over ninety-two thousand subscribers and um, another interesting thing in the banner is that kind of the tag tagline for the channel is destabilizing theological echo chambers, which seems very fascinating. They did do a two-part series on when it's time to leave the charismatic church, and they've got some interesting titles and thumbnails coming up here. So I'll have to check out the channel and see if there's anything maybe um, interesting or relevant to bring onto my channel and talk about or react to. It's very interesting. Just I kept scrolling even after I said that because I was like, oh, we'll get back to the video. But then I just wanted to see some of the other titles. And one of them from six months ago is History of Magic in the Bible, Spooky Evangelism, Episode 1. That is very intriguing. But okay, back to the matter at hand. Chat just a bit ago, and I saw someone say, if you guys are going to be, you know, sharing concerns about the charismatic church and when you should leave the charismatic church are you going to do one on when to leave the reformed church i can't remember exactly how it was worded and there is imperfections with any church denomination with any church just like individual church we get that we're not going to deny that and i hope that we don't come across like bashing one thing and ignoring issues somewhere else but we're allowed to share our journey so we have yeah. more to offer in regards to talk uh, hyper charismatic yeah talking about that that's kind of where we have come from not kind of <laughs> it is where we've come from and so it would be i mean sure we could do a lot of studying and prep to say when you should leave your reformed church sure but that's again we're sharing our experience we're sharing our experience plus just some insight some observations we've had from other people that maybe have been in churches like what we're about to describe so i appreciate that and i respect that you know paul brought that up where he said you know we could talk about other churches other sects or d denominations of christianity but this is what we have experience with you know there are issues in organized religion kind of well he didn't say organized religion but he said within certain churches and denominations in general there are issues but like we have experience with this specifically and so that's why we feel like it's important to talk about i i agree with paul and i appreciate that he made that point this is where we're starting we'll see where future videos lead all right morgan are we ready to go number one yes we got five primary things to to look out for when it is uh, perhaps very, you should very seriously consider leaving if your church is doing these things. And then we actually came up with a couple more as we were just thinking through this. So we're going to do a few bonus ones at the end. Great seeing everybody. 
here. And Welcome. just so you Let's guys go. know, uh, we do have a video titled "Why We Left the Hyper Charismatic Church." I'll, le- I'll link. All... I'll link that below. Yeah, remind me. Check it out. Remind me to link that below. Literally, no promises. Promises, no promises. Promise you, no promises. All right, good. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Um, Is that an inside joke? I'm very confused by the promises, no promises bit, but okay. Let's go. Morgan, number one. This one was the first one that popped into my head. And I think, I'll be honest, Morgan, Mm -hmm. I think this runs rampant. I think this runs rampant in the hyper-charismatic circles and churches. Okay, great. Lay it on me, brother. The number one (laughs) is there is little... Didn't they come up with these together? Didn't he just say that? Am I losing my mind? Didn't they just say they came up with five? Why is he presenting it like like she doesn't know what it is? And why is she responding like she doesn't know what it is? Confusion abounds, my goodness. Little to no accountability for false prophecies. People just go on like it never happened. Ooh. Yeah, that is something that we've witnessed a lot in the hyper-charismatic movement in churches. Um... And it is really dangerous, in my opinion, and it is looked down upon, frowned upon. If you begin to ask questions, you're kind of, from our personal experience, you're just kind of like shut down of like, don't ask, move on. I think there's kind of this idea of like, yeah, we're about to get to um, to another one that kind of combines with the, the anointed. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like, oh, you're you're doubting these people of God? Mm-hmm. that are prophesying like you're, yeah. you're you lack belief yeah. and you're yeah you're a real downer when this person is uh anointed and it's it's one thing if it's an open-ended prophecy um or word from god that is spoken and it's like honestly like this could happen maybe in 30 years so we can't like really question those but ones that are spoken with specific dates specific times um, like saying that this is going to happen by then and then it doesn't happen and it passes and you're like, uh, wait, but God told you that this was going to happen on this date and they're like, oh, move on, move on. Are like, we, yeah, are, are we not allowed, are we not allowed, not only are we not allowed, wow. are we not supposed to test mm-hmm. the, the prophetic that is going on in our midst, the prophetic that is being handed down from our pastors and the leadership? But then it's like when you start to test and you start to ask questions, it's frowned upon. I would say that's a, a definitely a red flag. Yeah. All right. Um, let's kind of. That's an amazing point, and I think this is a real example of um, something personally happening to Morgan that has caused her to question certain things. Because if I'm remembering correctly, she was. Um, given a prophecy or a prophetic word was spoken over her regarding her fertility and a pregnancy that according to the prophecy was supposed to happen and it ended up not coming to fruition in the way that it was said that it would and so um, I, I think it's very easy when we are criticizing people who are on the more extreme side of things for Um, us to see like a positive change or a shift in the way they think and be like, oh, well, you only care now because it specifically happened to you. And while I think that those are like valid complaints to have and um, we should really try 
like people in religion or people who are saying like, here's what I believe. I think that we should try to see our beliefs through the lens of this doesn't just apply to me, if that makes sense. Like my perspective and my experiences aren't the only thing that has ever happened in the world. And so like, how do the things that I believe impact other people? I think it's important for us to try and do that. But for people who aren't prone to do that or haven't thought to do that, when we see them start to make positive changes because of a personal experience, it's good to acknowledge that and then encourage them to take it further to say, okay, so now you're having this shift in your mindset because of what you've been through. Can we expand that more? Can we extend this kind of thought exercise to other people with different experiences and see how our beliefs or our customs or traditions or whatever might impact people who have different life experiences than we do? All that being said, though, I do think that this is a really great point for them to bring up because if you are turning to someone for spiritual guidance, for spiritual development, for them to tell you what you should do in your faith journey, you know, any of those things, it's important that you can question them and that you can say, well, like, I'm not sure about this and, and be able to ask questions. Questions, curiosities, fears should not be met with well, you just don't believe like they shouldn't be immediately shut down by anyone that you are turning to for guidance. That's a sign that something unhealthy is happening there. Let's kind of piggyback off that. <laughs> yeah. Number two. Number two is there's a culture of do not question our anointed ones. Um, what's the verse that a lot, it seems like a lot of hypercharismatic, charismatic churches like to quote this they scripture. Like to, they like to say, do not touch the Lord's anointed. Which is in the Psalms. There's a, a couple places, I believe it's in the Psalms, but then it's also referring to um, David in reference to when his men, he and one of his men, I believe, sneaks into Saul's camp. He's going to, uh, his man says, let's strike down Saul. David says, let's not touch the Lord's anointed. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, yeah, we, we see that, I, I believe, being that, that verse being used and abused in these circles to not question the, the apostle. Mm -hmm. And you'll notice that in some of these circles. Maybe you go to a church right now that has, you know, they literally call, sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, they call someone apostle. Mm -hmm. And we've, we've seen that where they don't even call them their, their name anymore. It's just apostle. Mm -hmm. That's, to me, some of you might be like, oh, but look at scripture. There's precedence for that. Fair. I'm not going to like go super off on that. But to me, it's it's the cause for hesitation. And yeah. not even just that, but just the fact that you would not be allowed to question what they're prophesying over you. Or if they prophesied something over you and it didn't come to pass and you're like, hey, can I ask about, like, remember this prophecy that you spoke over me and it, it didn't come to pass? What was that about? And they're like, don't question your anointed ones. And it's just like, okay. Well, and I even doubt, right. I doubt that too many of them, and I could be wrong, but are, are like, would turn to you and say, do not question the Lord's anointed. Mm -hmm. um, but again, that's kind of why we worded it, a culture. It's not yeah. like they're saying... Oh, you're questioning? Stop that. Stop right. that. Stop that. But you just get the sense of, I don't really want to be that guy that's questioning apostle. Yeah. That's questioning prophet. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's obviously looked down upon. Yeah.
This is another good point that I appreciate they brought up, especially with talking about questioning people and kind of how it seems like at the church they went to, um, people were able to get to a certain status where they didn't even get called by their own name, like their government name was irrelevant because they were prophet and because they held that much power within the church. But I think it also uh, makes me question, like, how do you know that you're at the right church? Because if you're not questioning God's anointed and a prophet at this church is saying one thing, but a prophet at another church might be saying something else about something not even personally related, you know, specifically to Paul and Morgan. But let's just say when it comes to current events, because a lot of churches do talk about current events, things that are happening, things in the news, yada, yada, yada. What if someone at your church is saying one thing, but someone at a different church or a public figure or a preacher who um, has a lot of notoriety and maybe goes on different talk shows or podcasts or whatever, they say something else. How do you know, like, okay, well, if they're saying contradicting things, but you're not allowed to question God's anointed, that must mean one of them isn't God's anointed. So how do we pick that, right? When you're putting that faith in someone where you're listening to them purely because you're being told by leadership at your church that you have to listen to them, that leaves a lot of room for talking yourself out of common sense of being like, well, I have this question or I have this doubt, but I'm not allowed to have it. So either I fight and like, not not even fight, like I I question and I go against the grain and I risk being chastised or ostracized or I shut this thought down. And I just go with what I'm being told. That can be a really difficult spot to be in. Okay. Um, next one, number three, is uh, actually you You mentioned this one, Morgan. And it's so funny. Mm-hmm. I remember, Morgan, it was probably six years ago, we were over at a friend's house. And she was asking, you know, what's the, the eldership like at your church? And I, I just kind of almost laughed mm-hmm. and was like, you know what? You're way too concerned about that. <laughs> I, I literally i think yeah. were you there with me when that conversation i feel like took i vaguely remember this but not totally so yeah i was like you guys just what paul's like we don't care about accountability we just care about the anointed word of god because our pastor is the best who what does it matter who he's accountable to is that like what his perception was at that time I just care so much about an eldership board like yeah. Don't worry about that. It's not that important. We have an amazing pastor or whatever. Boom. Yeah. We don't need an eldership board. Yeah, and I'm not just again pulling from our experiences. I've yeah. I've seen, I've got I've you know, we have friendships, we have family and stuff that have very much also Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of churches pop up and if you go to their website you look at like the team or whatever and it's literally just the pastor and his wife and there's no eldership there's no deacons there's no nothing and it's like paul literally lays it out in scripture of what a church is supposed to look like what what the body is supposed to look like the the board the team whatever and to me that's really really scary and questionable because who then is holding that pastor accountable who then is the and, and it's it's dangerous too for the pastor because the pastor can't carry is not called to carry all this weight of being the only leader in that entire church the only one who is taking care of that body that uh, those sheep you know like that's not his job and that's a lot for anyone to carry and so it's not healthy for him it's not healthy for the body 
and it's dangerous. It's yeah. really dangerous. The account of this is just kind of nitpicky, but I will say that uh, for a lot of churches, I guess at least that I've looked into whether it's because i'm interested in them or i'm curious about what's going on at their church or i'm like doing research for a video whatever it might be um, a lot of times the elder board the people who belong to the elder board are not listed online but it's not because it's a secret it's just because typically they just you know list who the staff would be because those are people who have kind of everyday functions within the church so if you're wanting to look into who the student pastor would be or who the children's pastor would be or like i want to get into a small group who's kind of in charge of that it's for functionality purposes not secrecy purposes so if i were to go to a website and not see a members of the elder board listed on that website, it wouldn't necessarily be a red flag to me. Um, but if you were to ask someone on staff, like, what does your elder board look like? What are the requirements for being a member? You know, if you were to kind of ask them just general questions, and then there was secrecy or you were shut down, that would definitely be a red flag. And um, I agree with their changed perspective on this, that it is important to have people to be accountable to. It again makes me think of Mark Driscoll, where um, there were a lot of things he did in his time at Mars Hill where he undermined the elder board and the people who were supposed to be ensuring that healthy and safe decisions were being made and there were certain standards that people were supposed to be held to like they were supposed to be in charge of that and they were undermined and threatened by Mark Driscoll and when they finally did try to hold him accountable for some of his behavior and and lovingly restore him as they put in their letter he quit like he up and left because there were people who were saying Ooh, this this behavior that you're exhibiting is dangerous and it's not okay for the church. It's not benefiting the church. We need to correct it. And he was like, nope, I'm out. And and if you've watched my videos on Mark Driscoll, you know how I feel about him. So that tells you they there weren't like ridiculous demands that the elder board was trying to make against Mark. It was that he didn't like being questioned. He didn't like his authority and his leadership being put under the microscope. And he was just like, mm. Nope, I'm going to come be a menace in Arizona. So now he's here. Anyway, accountability in leadership, especially at churches, is very important. So I'm glad that Paul and Morgan have shifted their perspective on this for sure. Accountability aspect that is so important just in all these different facets of life. Like how much more the church, you know, the body of Christ. Yeah. And uh, it, yeah, it keeps people from going rogue. You know, it keeps people from getting off in the weeds. It keeps people, it helps. There's no perfect system, but it helps keep um, people from getting the big head and thinking, mm -hmm. I'm, man, like, I'm the man. I'm apostle. <laughs> I'm prophet. Yeah. And I'm, I'm speaking for God and I'm pretty much flawless. So, yeah. That's scary. <laughs> Um, so, you know, examine your church and, and ask, like, is there is there a healthy, some healthy eldership here? I think yeah. that's good. Um, Morgan, number four. Pardon moi. <laughs> number four. Sermons are primarily stories or visions or spiritual language void of almost any scripture. This is, a, and they're all big, <laughs> but... You know, I feel like for 
us, it took a really long time to realize that a lot of what we were being fed was not scripture. It was stories, it was dreams, it was visions, it was, yeah, just all this big spiritual language, these, this exciting, like, talk of here's what's God, here's what God is about to do, and it was not like, hey, let's study the word of God, let's get into what he is teaching us right here in his word, and it was like, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I can't speak for all charismatic or hyper charismatic churches, but the ones that I've seen and visited, a lot of it is just stories, visions, spiritual language, dreams, yada, yada. Yeah. And, and real quick, before we move on to the next one, it, it's an interesting thing because I don't want to get on here and come across like, we're just anti charismatic. Because then, then you move <laughs> into like, you start making them the enemy. Mm -hmm. um, I think there is charismatic, which is a very healthy way to operate. And then there is a step further, which we've called like the hyper charismatic. Mm -hmm. And I guess one of the reasons for this video is to help us, you discern, is my church, has it moved from a healthy charismatic, mm -hmm. where we're just believing that God is the same God as the stuff he did in the Bible and believe that there's still, he's a God of miracles. He can do whatever he wants. He can fit outside of this box that some people like to put him in. Yeah. But like, we're still going to test stuff. We're not going to get super out in the weeds and super whatever weird. Yeah. There's a healthy place for that. And we're trying to help you decide, have we moved into right. this camp, which is hyper charismatic kind of cuckoo. Right, did you walk into a church thinking, this is a charismatic church, but the longer you stay, you're realizing, okay, they've gone way off into the weeds, and I'm not sure about this. Uh, yeah, because I, I personally would still call myself charismatic. There's a healthy charismatic, and then there's what we believe is an unhealthy. Yeah. When, and so it's like, when does it move into an unhealthy territory? Just as you could say that with the other side, getting into the Reformed and then Calvinist. Absolutely, yeah. And so forth. Um, yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah, Morgan. I, I mean, I don't think... That was like surprisingly open-minded of Paul and Morgan, you know, for them to say, we would still consider ourselves to be charismatic Christians, but we're just saying there's, there's a healthy level and that would be the same with other denominations or other kind of theological belief systems within Christianity surprisingly open-minded I've, I've been thinking about this for the entire time that i've been watching their video where i'm like there's not a lot here that i'm disagreeing with paul and morgan on it makes me a little bit sad because sometimes they'll put out stuff or they'll talk about things or make points and i'm like those are good that's a good one i appreciate it and then like the next video they put out will just be some of the most closed-minded stuff you've ever heard or some of the most uncomfortable interactions you've ever seen in your entire life. And I'm like, ugh. Maybe not as much progress made as I would like, but I want to celebrate it when I see it and hopefully, you know, keep them on the track to evolving in their mindset for certain things. Also, they did a video where they reacted to uh, some posts from the transformed wife, Lori Alexander. And I did a video, um, maybe not particularly about her. But I think it was about Classically Abby. 
and Lori Alexander came up. The transformed wife came up, if I'm remembering correctly. It was a long time ago, but I thought that that would be kind of an interesting one to react to. So maybe I'll do that soon. I don't think we need to say too much more. Like I would encourage you guys examine, look back, think back on your last three sermons. And, and there's also just the case of like expository preaching, which is literally like, we're just going to go to the text of scripture and dive into it, yeah. focusing on the gospel and so forth and Jesus scripture. And then there's not just the charismatic, but a lot of churches, which they might just throw out one or two verses, but it's just right. a lot of entertainment. Yeah. Kind of Christian entertainment. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like, too, like, there are, it's tricky because there are some hyper-charismatic churches that use a lot of scripture, but it's all very intentional. They're using very particular scriptures that are, um, that really, like, feed into the whole hyper charismatic supernatural world overly spiritual whatever uh stuff that they're believing in and so you're like no i mean he used like 50 verses in last sunday but it's like only very particular verses or he only used half of that one verse but didn't finish it because if you finish it it says to test everything you know whatever um oh Are we getting some pushback against using verses out of context? Ooh, how about that? Also, it was bugging me on whether or not I did a video actually about the transformed wife. And I did. I went back and I looked. And it turns out that this was over a year ago. The week before I had done the video about the transformed wife, I had filmed a video about Classically Abby, which is why the two were kind of connected in my mind so wild how your brain makes connections and associations like that that you don't even realize until they pop up but anyway back to their video okay all right um very good number five this one uh is a fun one that (laughs) does not just exist in the charismatic world but it also does seem to uh sit there in many churches every time she drinks it makes me thirsty which is i believe which is um, look out for if the prosperity gospel is being preached on the reg, if that's being emphasized. Hey. That goes along with, are they only using verses that are like, bless me, God, bless me, bless me, bless me. <laughs> yes. Health, wealth, prosperity. And it's like, it, it can be so fun mm-hmm. when it seems like, yeah, wow, the Bible says this, like, I'm going to be blessed with finances as long as I do this. I'm going to be blessed with good health as long as I do this. Man, I love my church. Yeah. It's like, wait, but are, are you reading the Bible for yourself and seeing that that's just a one-sided prosperity gospel? Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think that you see that. Yeah. A good amount of, uh, yeah, uh, charismatic. High- yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt him in the middle of a sentence, but I thought he was done. Uh, but, yeah, I agree that prosperity gospel is problematic it's a big issue and it's not anything that's really helpful in developing people spiritually and it's also just like to me i i don't believe it to be true i don't believe it to be true that if you are a believer in god and if god likes you enough you're going to be wealthy and well respected and have no problems in your life and god's going to heal whatever ailment you have just because you 
you're you're a good enough Christian in God's eyes. Like I don't believe in prosperity gospel and it bothers me when people promote it. So again, another thing, like another kudos to Paul and Morgan for calling that out. Hypercharismatic circles. All right, bonus. We're getting into bonus territory, Morgan. Bonus. Bonus Jonas. The bonus, <laughs> the first bonus Jonas. Morgan, you can read that. Number six. All they ever talk about is the fire, anointing, supernatural, rather than the quiet life of godliness and good character. So, for example, like, you have to speak in tongues to get to heaven. Uh, You're yeah, Prophesying. You got to prophesy. You got to be... Second baptism. Yeah. And it's just like, oh my goodness, these things are like, uh, I, I don't speak in tongues. Oh, I don't... Uh, prophesy like this. I'm not engaged in, in these deliverances and these mighty fire, uh, like holy laughter, whatever you want. And it's like suddenly again kind of creates this chasm. Yeah. Uh, I'm a lesser Christian. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of pressure. And I know a lot of people have felt that pressure specifically with speaking in tongues of from their church of like, if you don't speak in tongues, your walk with the Lord is not as deep as it should be, or you're not getting into heaven or whatever it might be, the intensity, depending on each church and each person. Um, and I just think that it's just that is so not a black and white thing in scripture, in my opinion. Um, and I just don't think that that's what Jesus put the emphasis on. And so why are churches and it's just silly. <laughs> you say you don't think it's what Jesus put the emphasis on. Like speaking in tongues. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you can't pursue these things. The apostle right. Paul talks about pursuing the spiritual gifts. But again, when it's just like just being pounded, 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 and it's almost like, wow, this stuff is. If you really like pull back and examine it, it's overshadowing the gospel week after week. Mm -hmm. There's the issue. Yeah, and I think like this danger of you gotta feel the fire and you have to like be so emotional and so intense every time you pray and every time you sing and every time you walk down the street and every time you talk to somebody, you better deliver them of some demon and you better be delivered of all your demons, even though you're a believer walking with Christ on a daily basis. Um, and I think that that's just so much pressure and so ridiculous because I think that the Lord talks often as well about living a just Christ-like quiet, meek life, honoring the Lord in all that you do and serving the people around you. And like, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be this intense, overly emotional, out of this world experience every time you encounter the Lord. Uh, so take that pressure off of you. That was a really heavy pressure that I carried for years of just like, in my quiet time, why am I not weeping? Why am I not screaming? Why am I not just, like, dancing around like an insane person? Like, I can't do that every time. And should I be in my prayer closet for 10 hours a day? Like, I can't do that realistically. I don't know. So, I, I know that I'm not the only one that has felt that pressure. So, if you're feeling that pressure, I just release it off of you in Jesus' name. <laughs> yeah, don't get me wrong, man. I, I do want to dance before the Lord with abandonment yes. and awe like David. Um, mm -hmm. But I completely agree with what you're saying as well. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm a worship leader, and I love to encourage people to get passionate and to pour it all out before the Father. And don't worry about what people around you are looking at, if they're watching you or not. It's not about them. It's about you and God. But, like, man, it doesn't have to be this reckless, out-of-control experience like I feel like so many hypercharismatic churches push. Fair enough. Okay, so I've never been involved in a hyper charismatic church so I can't really speak to the level of pressure like I can't relate to that level of pressure that they're talking about experiencing from the culture of their church but I think it's really fascinating to hear about how for them it felt like it was um like they were told to behave and express themselves in a way that they felt like they couldn't keep up with that they felt was unrealistic for them because I feel like back in the day and even with some of the things that they say now, like a lot of people would look at, at at Paul and Morgan and be like, wow, they're really extreme. They're really intense. Like that's a lot. But then to hear that beyond them, there's a level of even more ec- extreme behavior or extreme beliefs that's amped up from what we've seen from them. It's just interesting to go kind of beyond what they've presented. And um, again, I, I think this is a good point to discuss because it's kind of twofold. It's putting a lot of pressure on the congregants at your church to be overly emotional and extreme and have these like Christian buzzwords that you're trying to chase after being on fire for the Lord, like all this stuff. And and speaking in tongues is a very interesting topic for me um, in general. I haven't ever engaged with someone who was speaking in tongues that didn't make me uncomfortable. And that's not to say that there aren't people who speak in tongues because it's a gift from the Lord and because it's for for good and and it's a positive thing, but anytime someone around me has been speaking in tongues or like praying over me in tongues or, or like it just puts me on edge. I've never had what I would consider to be an overall positive experience when it comes to that. And then on the other hand of like going up to people, sharing the gospel, getting in their face, being amped up and and on fire for the Lord to bring them to God. You're not going to get very positive results from that. You're just not like if, if the entire goal of going up to a stranger and sharing the Lord with them is to bring them to your way of believing. If you go up to somebody and you get in their face and you're just like, all out wilding in front of them, most people, like 99.99999% of people are not going to be interested in that. They're going to be put off. They might be frightened. They might be scared. They might (laughs) just walk away. Like you're not going to get the kind of result that you want from the majority of people if you approach them in a really aggressive, high energy way, as opposed to like, if you're just sharing with somebody your thought on something and you mention God, like I'm thinking about something that happened at my church a few weeks ago, they did um, a special needs prom with the Tim Tebow Foundation. And you know, somebody who has a brother or an aunt or a child with special needs, and you know that they don't go to your church and you just say, hey, this fun event is happening. It's going to be a great time. They're not doing like a church service. It really is just something fun to do. I want to let you know about it that is going to be something that's going to get somebody more interested in at least hearing about church or hearing about God because it's something that is not done out of 
condemnation of like, you're living in sin and here's what you need to do. You need to turn to the Lord and repent. It's just like, hey, I thought you might like this thing. Like I was thinking about you. I thought it would be interesting to, to tell you about it and just let you know. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out. I just wanted to invite you. Like that's going to be something that at least opens the door for somebody if they're curious to ask you and feel comfortable. So the the, the high energy emotion, weeping for, <laughs> as Morgan put it, 10 hours a day in your prayer closet. I see where that's a lot. Fair is fair. And number seven, this one, I wasn't totally sure if I was going to put it. Like I, I definitely, it was on my mind and Morgan was kind of like, well, what if, what if you went in this direction with it? And I said, that's mm -hmm. good. But uh, we put that these, these churches as a whole, the pastors, the leadership, they look down on people that are not part of their church or who have left their church. Um, and you can just, you can feel it. You can see it. You can hear it. You've literally had people tell you from your walk when you were there, say, I'm concerned about your walk with the Lord, or I feel like you are not pursuing God the way that you should be. So good riddance. So yeah, you're not part of them. You've left them. And so you're, you're lesser Christians. Yeah. Okay. Or you're straight up talked bad about. Yeah. And they, the pastor or whoever says like, oh, that person, they weren't so-and-so. They weren't really genuine. They didn't have a faith walk. They weren't one of us. And it's, it's yeah, like, which you might never know what they say about you after you've left, you know, who knows. But you also might. <laughs> and also, you know, oh, I think several of these could really pertain to the other side. But like we said at the beginning, like we're only talking about our personal experiences. Um, we haven't left a reformed church or whatever. And so, you know, yeah, but any church that looks down on you because you're not at their church or a part of their denomination is so silly. And I think it is. It's, it's scary. Um, the idea that there can be one. And I, I'm thinking back on one church in particular that I attended for a little while that was hyper charismatic. And there was such a feeling of we have something here mm. that is unlike anything else. Mm. It's very special. It's very anointed. Mm -hmm. And so, like, you better be here. Like, you'd be a fool if you were to not be here. Mm -hmm. And then... And a fool to leave. <laughs> right. Um, because God's, God is definitely here in a way he's unlike anywhere else. And, it's, and then looking back on that church and the issues that came to the surface, it's really sad. But, um, so yeah, don't, you know, pay attention to these guys. We're not saying if there was like, oh my goodness, I noticed a little bit of number four in my church. Someone prophesied and it wasn't exactly right. I got to run. No, right. no, but like sit down and really assess yeah. what's happening and, and are these things really taking place? Should I, not to say you need to hate these people, not to say you need to drag them and say they are absolutely not believers but there's something healthy about saying this may not be the place for me mm -hmm. and there may actually be significant enough flags that i'm gonna say I, I wish you the best i hope that you guys will really turn to scripture again as your foundation but i'm gonna i'm gonna back away something very healthy about that i'd be curious to hear you guys um your own experiences your own observations comment below let's keep the comments edifying but i think that could be really scary if you're someone who does 
you know, really respect the leadership or the pastor at your church and you hear them say something along the lines of like this church and what we're doing and how we are going, like that is the only way to go. And I would be concerned about your salvation if you went somewhere else, if you went to a different church. Like I think when you respect the person saying that, it would make it very, very difficult for you to be able to assess whether or not what's happening within that church is healthy. From an outside perspective, I think a lot of us hear something like that and we're like, oh, that's a, like, that's a red flag. That's a sign of something unhealthy going on. That sounds very cultish of it's this way or it's nothing. It's me as a leader and what I say or it's wrong. People on the outside can hear that, see that and very easily go, yep, that's that's not good. That's not a healthy thing to say. That's not a healthy environment based on that. But when you're in it and you're concerned about your salvation, I have to imagine that that's a very tough thing to wrestle with when you're getting kind of a, a tug on your heart of like, something might not be right here, or this might not be the church for me. Maybe I'm interested in exploring something else, but then you're afraid to leave because of what your pastor has said or what leadership at your church has said about how if you go, your salvation's at risk. I don't like that. Mm, that just gave me such an icky feeling. I think that's the end of the video, but I'm just gonna listen to see if there's anything else that they bring up in their closing. I think this definitely should be, um, you know, their dialogue should be cultivated around this topic. Yeah, and just remember not every church, no church is perfect. And we have to remember that, like we are a part of the church, we are the body of Christ. And it's our job to help pour into the church that we're going to. And if we see an issue, like let's go bring it up. Let's try to help it rather than be like, issue, I'm out. Sure. Like, Obviously, there are times when, yes, leave, but there are also times when it might be right to pour in and help lift the church up more. So, Holy Spirit, give our audience, give us all discernment mm -hmm. as we walk through this life. You say, do not forsake the meeting of the brethren. So help us, Lord, to know where we fit in, where to pour in, and to challenge, and where to say uh, we're going to take our ourselves somewhere else. Give us wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, guys, give this video a thumbs up. If you would like more people to get to see it, help out those algorithms, we love you very much. We'll see you again very soon. Have hope. And be free. If you're in the chat, we'll be right back. I'm actually really glad that Paul and Morgan made that video. I feel like they made a lot of really great points. I think it's especially good for Paul and Morgan to talk about this topic because obviously they have firsthand experience with it. But then also, I think a lot of their subscribers probably found them when they were deeper into that side of Christianity. And so it's good for them to see the process of this is where we were and here's how we're kind of changing. And now that we are a little bit more separated, let's have a conversation about what a healthy church looks like or whether or not it's okay to question leadership. And, and guess what? It is okay to question leadership. And if you get shut down, that's a sign that something might be wrong. I, I really do appreciate them putting this topic and, and this video out on their channel. It's honestly really odd to get to the end of this video having agreed with so many of their points, but here we are. I'm glad we watched it. I think, like I said, this does open up the door for some really good conversations, especially among 
uh, their subscribers and I did see some very positive comments in the comment section of this video that they put out and so I think that um, maybe they should lean a little bit more into this and exploring church dynamics and, and manipulation tactics and, and cult tactics. Not saying that the church they went to was a cult, but a lot of the things that they described having happened or a lot of um, the feelings that they got while they were at certain charismatic churches does line up with some red flags for cultish organizations, I guess we'll say. And so I think if they leaned into this, it would be good not not only for them but for people who look up to them like I would so much rather see this kind of content on their channel than them doing another like marriage Q&A or, or another talk about purity culture like I I would so much rather see this kind of video I think it could provide so much more value to them to their subscribers and to new people who might come across their channel but with all that being said, I'm going to go ahead and let you go. Let me know what you thought of this video down in the comment section down below if you're watching on YouTube. And while you're doing that, if you would consider liking this video or subscribing to my channel, that would be incredible. And if you are listening to the podcast and you would consider giving it a rating or a review, that would be amazing as well. If you have done any of those things, thank you so much. I am so appreciative of you. And I love being able to just sit here, hang out with you and talk about whatever. Thank you so much for watching. Please be kind to people and I will see you in the next one. Bye.